This is Evolved Marriage Podcast, episode 21. Today we're continuing our series on John Gottman's Four Horsemen. Specifically today, we're going to be talking about the second horseman, contempt. Hi, this is Kate. And this is Eric. And this is the Evolved Marriage Podcast. Where we have fun with growth and connection. Thanks for joining us. All right, let's go. Hello, hello. Hey, everyone. Welcome. Welcome back. How are you feeling, Eric? Uh, I'm feeling frustrated. Wah, wah. Yeah. This is our second time we're recording this episode. We lost it. I accidentally clicked the on first something. One. I don't know if it's you, it's me, it's probably the MacBook. The technology. Yeah. One thing I do know um, is this will probably happen again as we're continuing to report co- podcasts <laughs> over time. It's going to happen again. We're going to lose some stuff. Yeah. We're going to forget to hit record. Technology. Tech difficulties will happen. Yeah. But... Uh, I'm frustrated, but I'm glad we're kind of jumping right back at it and just effing getting her done. Now we're going to be amazing because we already know what we're talking about. Yeah, that's right. How are you feeling? <laughs> I'm feeling very excited because I went in our garden today and I got a lot of fresh produce. Yeah, feeling really excited about all our, our gifts from nature. Nice. So this week uh, we're talking about contempt, mm-hmm. uh, which is the second horseman of Gottman's work, right? When he talks about the four horsemen at the apocalypse from John Gottman. Um, and contempt really is, you know, according to him, the worst horseman, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's the one where he is able to predict, uh, it has the highest prediction rate that the relationship will lead to divorce. Um, and really contempt is, you know, thinking that your partner, um, is completely worthless, right? Yeah. That they're less than, that they're, that they're gross, that you're disgusted by them. Yeah, so usually you're acting superior. You're acting like you're better than that person. And this can show up in many different ways uh, through sarcasm, through name-calling, through eye-rolling, mocking your spouse, um, using hostile humor, condescending humor. And it can show up because you're actually doing it, but it can also show up if you're just thinking those things, right? (laughs) Yeah, and I think... You know, this showed up in our marriage a lot a few years ago. Um, you know, we really had this relationship, um, which we both both brought our own baggage to, mm-hmm. but we really had this tyrant, oppressed relationship, yeah. right? I was this, you know, angry, quote unquote, you know, monster who was just a tyrant who always went into rage when I didn't get my way, mm-hmm. who blamed a lot of my discomfort and happiness on you. Um, and who was just like totally pissed off all the time. And, Mm -hmm. um, I think from your end, you know, definitely you didn't verbalize it as much, right? I didn't really have a filter. So I was constantly letting this out. (laughs) Um, and even though you were the oppressed in this situation, right? Because you, you are conflict avoidant, um, you know, still are not, certainly not as much, but Mm -hmm. at the time it's hard to be in conflict with somebody who's constantly in rage. Um, and I think you played that role of oppressed or the victim, but you also had some contemptuous behavior towards me. Mm -hmm. You just weren't vocal about it to me. Yeah, exactly. So whereas you were name calling me to my face, you know, using really, you know, harsh terms and being very disrespectful to my face, I was being disrespectful to you in my head and outside of our marriage. So I would talk about you in really negative ways to my friends, to my family. And in my head, I would call you all these names. You know, I'd, I'd roll my eyes kind of inside my head while when you were, would 
show up, you know, drunk, you know, and I would, I would have all these insulting names in my head. Oh, there he is again. And then say all kinds of insulting things in my head, which does have the same toxic impact on a relationship, whether you're saying it out loud or keeping it inside, uh, the contentious behavior is still very toxic. Yeah. And I think, you know, when you were, I don't know, I guess like when you said this idea that like, oh, you had these disrespectful thoughts or I, I was being disrespectful. Like, I just want to express how intense it was in the, in the sense of like, I, I thought at that time, like you were useless. Yeah. Like you couldn't talk back to people. You didn't have a backbone. Yeah. You were just like cruising through life. I had to carry you around all the time. Like you were a spoiled princess. Like I had a lot of very negative things to say and they didn't come from a place of criticism. It came from a place that I, you know, at the time when I was a drunk, belligerent jerk, right? I thought you were useless. Right. And, and you know, as harsh as this must, must sound to our listeners, but I think it's very healthy to be at a place in your relationship where you can admit this. And in the time we didn't admit it to each other, but later on we admitted it, but we hated each other. Yeah. Back then we hated each other. There was no love left. And I was going to say like... We didn't like each other. No, we, and, and I think it's really important to touch base on this because we've done a lot of healing and we can mm-hmm. talk about this now. And I think a lot of people have this this relationship with the word hate, mm-hmm. right? But what's often happening and what, we're, what we see in couples is that, you know, one spouse is contemptuous towards the other spouse and they never talk about it. Mm-hmm. But inside, they have so much anger, hate, resentment towards their spouse that they actually think they're like less than a human being. Mm-hmm. They're like, you're a hot piece of garbage, but they're like acting like things are fine. Right. And that energy that you bring to the relationship, that contemptuous energy, that is that is what we were talking about that's toxic. Oh yeah. So oftentimes, you know, when we, fe- when we think about, you know, contempt, we think about how I was showing up right? Which was the tyrant, right? right? The loud, the obnoxious, the rage monster, the constantly yelling, Mm -hmm. right? And I think we forget about the other side of this, which is this idea that you fully think these thoughts, you bring this energy to the marriage, right? A lot Mm -hmm. of eye rolling, a lot of sarcasm, a lot of passive aggressive comments that comes from a place of, I think you're like lesser than me. Right. And it was, we were both you know, in that vicious cycle of, Mm -hmm. I think I'm better than you. No, you think you're better than me. And, and it was just complete, complete toxicity, like hate beyond hate. Like back then it was just, I don't know how we survived. Yeah, no, me neither. (laughs) Yeah. Like, like I said, we were very lucky. We we put in a lot of work and it it is, I mean, obviously we're living proof that it is possible. Yeah. And Um, just, you know, standing here talking about it, like it brings up all kinds of emotions, right? mm -hmm. Like my stomach's all knotted. Like I'm, I'm disgusted with myself back then, disgusted with you back then. We're not the same people we were. Um, Calling you (laughs) those things now. Wow. Like I couldn't even imagine like. Yeah. And I I remember, you know, this was six months ago and not to get kind of too deep into this and to like (laughs) take a sidewind side bend too much. But, um, six months ago you and I were sitting together on the couch and I was, we were kind of opening up and, and being honest and vulnerable with each other. And I had asked you, you know, what are some of the things that you, uh, don't talk to me about because you fear how I'm going to react. And you really opened up, right? There, mm-hmm. For us, there was a lot of crying. There was a lot of forgiveness in that moment. But you had really opened up at this moment that you were still holding on to. Right. Um, from that place of like, you know, the fact that I'm still holding on to this and remembering this aspect of you, this aspect of you that I hated so much, 
um, there is some comfort to that in, in a, kind of a weird way of it protects me from ever, you know, going all in and being hurt again. Mm-hmm. And I think, it, you know, we talk about that moment now, you know, every now and then and, and how freeing it was for you. Oh my gosh. That like yeah. finally. And that was something my therapist suggested for me to do probably six months prior to me actually doing it was this would be so healing for you and Eric if you could just open up about how you're still feeling about this and how angry you still are about that past. And I remember opening up to you and thinking, he's either going to listen to me or leave me because I can't let this go right now in this moment. And it was honestly, honestly, like such an impactful moment in our relationship for me because... It literally felt like saying those words finally just like took this huge burden I had on my shoulders and like I I was able to like free myself from it and completely open up to Eric after that and let that go. Forgive him, like truly forgive him. I don't know how many times I said in therapy, yeah, yeah, I've forgiven him. I forgive him for everything he did. Yes, yes, yes. Mm -hmm. But I didn't truly until that moment where I was able to talk to him frankly about the anger that I still had for him because of the past and that was really a turning point for me in this relationship and this was like like you said six months ago Mm -hmm. like years after you stopped drinking years after you started going through therapy and coaching and 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 changed immensely I was still holding on to that anger I couldn't let it go until that moment yeah, and I, I think in a big part, like I said, right, it, it was protecting you, right? Yeah. It was it was your mind reminding you not to go completely all in here, right? Right, all to always have this memory. I I, I say this a lot, but this idea of you know kind of having that post traumatic stress mm-hmm. when you're cheated on, right? Yeah. Where it's like your mind is constantly like, don't ever forget this because you don't ever want to feel the pain. Mm-hmm that you felt when you were fully betrayed. And so that's sometimes why couples can never get over this. Right. Because the couple who has been hurt is never willing to let it go because they somehow want to use it just in case in the future something happens again. They'd be like, well, there it is. I knew this. Yeah. So I never I fully allowed myself pain. to love. Yeah. Right. Yeah, for and, sure. And I think, you know, a huge reason why contempt is, is so toxic is somebody being contemptuous to you on a consistent basis and you feeling that can actually do physical damage to your body yeah to the immune system exactly to your heart you have these natural hormones and and immunity in your body but every time someone is contemptuous to you it takes some of that away so you become you know it becomes harder and harder for you to fight off certain diseases and specific things. And if this is something that interests you, highly suggest watching some of Gottman's videos because he really goes on and talks about this in detail. But it is, it's like next level to think about how this affects you physiologically, not just emotionally and not just in, it doesn't just affect your relationship, but it actually affects your physical health. So I guess what we want to be doing instead of contempt, um, so Obviously, it's creating awareness around it. First step is realizing like, oh, whoa, I can be really mean to my spouse out loud or, oh, I can be really mean to my spouse, to my friends or in my head. You know, I I don't talk respectfully about my spouse uh, directly to them or to other people or to myself. Um, So in order to help heal this behavior, 
it's really important to create a culture of um, appreciation and gratitude in your marriage. Mm -hmm. So practicing that um, often and getting used to finding things that you can appreciate about your spouse and things you do love about them and really focusing on their positive traits, things that you love about them and appreciate and, and are really grateful for. And um, not just appreciating their strengths, but honoring their differences, honoring what it is that they're not, maybe not as good at as you, as you in the relationship or in life in general, and just really appreciating their journey and what they know and what they're learning in that moment. Yeah, and I think, you know, one thing that we want to touch on, so there's probably a lot of couples out there right now um, that who are experiencing this that are like, are you out of your mind? Like, <laughs> I, I think that my, you know, I'm so disgusted by my spouse as a human being right now based on their behavior and my thoughts about them that you want me to all of a sudden start practicing gratitude. Right. And, um, you know, we make it sound kind of so easy, just so jump easy, to this. Just do it. Yeah, you'll kind of heal this. But that's certainly <laughs> not how it works in our marriage, No, right? let's be realistic here. We didn't go from, like, I completely mm-hmm. hate Eric to, well, I'm so grateful that Eric, you know... <laughs> no, it was really hard for me to find positive things. I'm so grateful Eric comes home late all the time, drunk. And that's right. so wonderful. Yeah, absolutely. And I think this is a this is certainly a practice. But I think... Oftentimes, you know, we we talk about what's called bridging thoughts, right? Or mm. kind of bridging the gap between this idea of where you're at now and where you want to be ideally yeah. and how it's a it's very small steps done over a long period of time. And we really started to practice just being neutral, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, one of the best things that we started doing in our marriage was being non-reactive. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I remember for you, Kate, you know, at the beginning, this was very threatening to you, right? Oh because gosh. for me, going from absolute rage monster to no response whatsoever was like almost even more threatening to you. It was like, oh, he actually just gave up now on everything. Right. Again, in my head, it was like a silent treatment. And then right. I was like, this that's triggering for me. Like, that's like, you know, stuff from, from my past. And, and silent treatment is like, whoa, what is happening? So yes, it was very hard for me to right. get used to. However, it did give me the chance to heal from those hurtful words that I was receiving almost on a daily like it was kind of like okay, now there's no words anymore. Now what do I do? Yeah, because there was a lot of that in our environment, and I think yeah. I had to continue to kind of reaffirm to you, like, hey, this is something I'm working on. I'm trying to not react to absolutely everything, and when I get triggered, I don't want to go and start just saying all this crazy stuff and getting into this rage. Yeah, I'm glad you're talking about this because I've blanked out that part of our life completely. <laughs> right. I'm like, I remember that now that you're talking about it. Right. Yeah, we did do that. Yeah. I did not like it. No, absolutely. <laughs> it and I think that's kind of where a lot of the couples, this is kind of the bridge, right? Mm-hmm. The in-between is this idea of not reacting, of creating that neutral space. And for me, I had to stop talking to other people in a negative way about Eric. I had to just stop talking to people about Eric. <laughs> it was, yeah, that I, was the work I had to do. I think your neutral space, you know, because I think a lot of your relationships around that time were based around your experience of the marriage with me, mm-hmm. right? You, yeah. Every time you got together, your friends, my family, your family. Yeah, how are things with you question, and Eric? How right? are things with you and Eric? And, and for the longest time, I would complain about you. Oh, Eric this and Eric that. And can you believe Eric did all this stuff? I'm a victim. And big part of my healing, the big part of getting rid of contempt in our relationship was to stop talking about you completely. Not not say things that were a lie, but just 
oh, Eric's fine. And that was it. Like I would leave it there. Like, yeah, neutral. And then they'd like start asking more questions and dig and dig. And I'd have to tell them like, I don't want to talk about this. And for a long time, I didn't talk about you. I was completely just Eric is Eric. Yeah. And I think a big thing that, you know, we're big uh, proponents of is thought work. Right. Mm-hmm. And when we talk about contempt, it, it's a hundred percent your perception of your spouse, mm-hmm. right? And so if you can learn to see your spouse in a different light, right? In this case, what we're suggesting before getting to gratitude, maybe some of you can just go directly there and start right. feeling gratitude and seeing your spouse in a different light. And, and it probably depends this. how long this contempt's right. been going on. And I think for a lot of us, it's you know baby steps towards that, hey, what if I just see my spouse as a human being, mm-hmm. having a human experience, right? right? Being in this home that they're in, living life day to day, and that's kind of my neutral ground. They're right. a human being who's get, they're going to have emotions, they're going to have experiences, and they have a right to experience their life right. how they want to experience it, right? And going from there then to gratitude, right? Exactly. And so I think a lot of it has to do with thought work and your perception of the situation. And that's what we suggest, right? Mm-hmm. The ideal, what you want to be moving towards is this culture of appreciation, gratitude, focusing on each other's strengths, focusing on how you're just crushing it in every aspect, and then honoring the things that maybe aren't so great, right? right? Which are there, which right. are, you know, real. There's a lot of things Everybody Kate doesn't like. Has it. Yeah, doesn't really <laughs> like about me. A lot of things I don't really like about Kate. Hey! But, you know, that is part of the entire package. Exactly. And I love her and honor those things, mm-hmm. right? Because they make you, you. And right. that's what's so beautiful about it. Thank you. Yeah, no problem, baby. <laughs> so that's really what we're all talking about. Sorry, you want to add something else? No, I wanted to say now, if you're the receiving partner Ooh, right. to someone being contemptuous towards you, mm-hmm. what would you suggest that receiving partner does? Yeah, I think this is really about boundaries, you know, mm. and, and really standing up for yourself. I think one of the things we talk about a lot, and I talk about my coaching clients, is Standing up in integrity for yourself. Because right? you love yourself. Yes. To do it. And this is very important, right? You have to ask yourself, this is a question I often talk to clients about, but you know, if I truly love myself in this moment, what action would I take, right? Mm-hmm. When somebody's yelling in my face and they're belittling me and they're being contemptuous to me, if I truly love myself in this moment, what would I do? Mm-hmm. And to a lot of people, sometimes the answer is I would get up and walk away. Right. Or, you know, if, it, if they're chasing me out the door, I would jump in my vehicle and drive away, mm-hmm. right? I would create space between me and this person. Um, you know, we talk a lot about this and it's not something we, we openly share all the time, but the reality is, is, you know, Kate, you would probably give your old self three years ago the advice of taking some space. Yes. And so many people back then told me you have to leave when Eric speaks to you that way, you have to leave, you Mm -hmm. have to give him space. And in my head, it was like, if I leave, I leave forever. But it was looking back now, like I, I should have left. I should have grabbed the kids and gone and, you know, really gone to a, a, like a place where, where I felt safer. I felt more respected and I could truly learn to love myself more than I was in that moment. I kick myself in the butt, (laughs) my old self in the butt sometimes because I'm like, ah, how it's, things would be different. I don't know. I'm yeah, not sure. And I think it's still challenging for you to do that even in today in our conflict, mm-hmm. right? Because you have this idea of, you know, we have this kind of weird idea of like, oh, don't leave. You know, if you leave the fight, it's you're leaving it all on the table. Right. And I think it's really important to understand that, you know, you taking the kids and saying, hey, it's not okay for you to speak to me like this. Exactly. You know, I'm, I'm going to let you be in your little rage here. I, I love you and I'll come back. 
but you need some space right now. Yeah. And I certainly can't be around you. And I respect myself enough. And the message I want to send my kids is you need to respect yourself enough that when you're uncomfortable in a situation, you remove yourself. Yes, exactly. And, and you're not, you are worth enough to not be spoken to like that. Yeah. hundred percent. Love yourself enough and respect yourself enough to not allow another human being to speak to you like that, whether it's your spouse, your boss, your coworker, a stranger on the street, do not allow yourself to be spoken to like that. And yeah, so creating boundaries, creating clear boundaries. If you speak to me that way again, I will leave. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's a, that's a hugely important to, thing to do if your partner is showing contempt to you. And again, we're talking about really, the, you know, the really aggressive stance on this. Mm-hmm. But if your partner is out with friends and they're constantly making fun of you, Right. Tell them as you're driving home. Hey, I'd really appreciate Request. it if you stop doing yeah. that. Yeah. Um, it you know, really makes me feel this way. Yeah. When you speak to me and speak to your friends about me that way. And I, I would really appreciate it if you could try and speak kinder about me in front of your friends. Right. And if they refuse the boundary. Hey, boundary. just a heads up. If you continue to do that, I'm going to get up and get in our car and I'm going to drive away and you're going to find an Uber home. <laughs> just a heads up. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm letting you know that now so that you're not surprised when it's happening. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's that's a really healthy thing to do for yourself. Right? Yeah. That's you standing in integrity for yourself. Mm-hmm. And we do have an episode on setting boundaries if that's something that you struggle with. And we'll make sure to put the link towards that episode in the show notes. Awesome. To help you out with that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So uh, thanks for listening in, guys, on our you know part two of John Gottman's Four Horsemen's. Uh, for everything that we do, check us out at evolvemarriage.com. Um, if you are a man who feels stuck with your intimacy in your marriage and you have trouble communicating with it, feel free to reach out. Um, I'm happy to get on a call and see if we would be a good fit to work together. Um, otherwise, if you feel like somebody is struggling with this in their marriage, please share this episode with them. Um, we do rely on you guys to co-create this movement mm-hmm. in order to impact marriages all over the world, right? Which is what we're all about. Exactly. So we love you guys. Thank you for being here. We'll chat soon. Love you. Bye. Bye.